thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey folks, this is Adrian, your host of the CX Chronicles podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to amazing customer-focused business leaders each and every week. I wanted to take a minute to talk about a couple brand new product and service offerings at CXC. Number one, customer scorecards. Have you had a minute to take a look at our CX scorecards and understand how you're doing across team, tools, process, and feedback? Number two, customer feedback reporting. A number of different companies are looking for ways to get better customer feedback reporting. Reach out to CXE today if you need help setting up your MPS, CSAT, product SAT, or customer effort scoring. Number three, customer experience coaching. Take the time to become a customer-focused business leader. We've done some amazing work with a number of awesome CXers out there. Reach out to us today at CXE to learn how you can get your customer-focused business leader playbook for success. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the CX Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adrian brady Chisana. Super excited. Today, we have Merrill Chandler on the show. Merrill, welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast, my friend. I am so thrilled to be here, man. This is great. Thank you. Absolutely. So, guys, um, Merrill's got an awesome story. It's going to be a little bit different um, uh, of a journey from like our normal conversation where we're talking about either all things CX or CS, but it's going to be incredibly relevant, right? Because it's going to be talking about funding. It's going to be talking about access to capital. It's going to be talking about all sorts of different ideas for entrepreneurs and business owners to understand where they can access capital when and where needed. So, Merrill, why don't you start off the show like we start off all of these episodes? Give the CX Nation a, a couple-minute elevator pitch of how you got to where you are today, my friend. Sure. Um, well, I've been doing what I'm doing for over 30 years now. I co-founded, interestingly enough, I co-founded Lexington Law Firm, the single largest credit repair law firm in the country. Yep. And what I found while I was there was that you cannot repair your way. Business owners, entrepreneurs, everybody, everybody who's ever taken a risk out there um, ends up, most of us end up having a problem at some point or another, right? And, and we become unfundable. And so I left Lexington uh, uh, hell-bent on a mission that I wanted to know what what underwriters for lenders are actually looking for. They're not looking for, I've come to find out, they're not looking for scores. They're looking for what we call a fundable profile. And business owners, if you know what those funding criteria are, that's how we, that's how we are able to get as much funding as we want for our small businesses, our entrepreneurial enterprises. So that's what I've been doing for the last 30 years is building what I call fundability optimization. And it is, it's, 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 it's amazing way to partner with lenders and get the capital you need for your businesses. Love it. I love it. So I got to imagine when you were um, kind of, Walking through the early phases of, of of your career, Merrill, how did did you ever think that you were going to work in this type of a space? Was there like was there ever a chance that you had an idea that this is going to be it, or is this one of those things where life just kind of made made some, no. some different swings? 
It, it really is. If you guys want the uh, DC Comics you, dark, uh, your dark Universe version of things, go, go see my first podcast. You know, we haven't got enough time here. But let's put it this way. I've done some things right, done some things wrong and uh, in, in my career. And one of the things that was fascinating is I always wanted to be an educator. So I was thinking, you know, I was looking at, you know, am I doing high school education? Do I become a professor of history, which is what I graduated in from college. And then all of us, I'm now an educator, but I'm educating entrepreneurs and business owners on how to capitalize their businesses, but kind of a peek behind the curtain. It is not what we think it is. There are so many ways that we've been misled about our relationship with banks and with money that people don't believe that people who would normally qualify if they knew what they were doing don't even try because they, they just throw their hands i got to have tax returns i got to have uh, i got to have uh, um, income statements i got to use my financials what if none of that was true yep yep what if that were not true and you can still get approved for $100,000 lines of credit from five or 10 different banks at the same time Yep. I, I think, you know, Meryl, it's one of those things where like you have so many different entrepreneurs and so many different um, business owners or business founders where they spend so much of their time thinking about whatever it is that their craft is that's going to end up giving them an opportunity or giving them a path or an open door to even having a business in the first place. And then all of a sudden, the thing that they're working on, it works. And then, <laughs> then, you, then what you, do I do now? <laughs> that's the thing. And then you find out what every, every other, you know, business owner or entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneur or seasoned investor understands, which is unfortunately the world does very, uh, money does make the world go around. Businesses yeah. do need money. Entrepreneurs need access to capital capital, they need access to money and funding or raising funds or having funds ends up becoming one of the biggest parts of the game that you play in entrepreneurship. Truly. No, it, it, it's fascinating because it, it, it's a classic cart before the horse, right? Yeah. They're like, I got a great product. Now it's going to take me time. So your options are, do I, do, do I VC it and give away the farm in order to capitalize? Yep. Or do you go to one of these outfits out there who, who are bless their hearts are, you know, they're misrepresenting. They say, let's get you credit for your business, but it ends up all being personal credit cards. Or there's the legitimate route of how do you use business loans, true business loans and business lines of credit that don't report to your personal profile, your yep. personal credit. They're truly business. So nobody knows that you have all this operating capital and it's not affecting your personal credit negatively. That's yep. the great divide. That's my mission is to, to educate people and show them that you can have it all. You can protect your personal credit and build vast reserves of capital to, to work on your projects. That invention, that real estate fix and flip, that expansion to purchase another two or three franchises, whatever your, whatever your gig is, that money is what makes the world go around. Big time, hundred percent. Yep, Merrill. Let's 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 take some time to jump into the first of the four six pillars. Let's talk about team. I'd love for you to spend a couple minutes highlighting uh, the team that you've built, um, and spend a couple minutes just giving the listeners some ideas around who you've got on the team, how you've thought about the development of your team, and how you actually run your business on the day to day. Excellent. Thank you for that. Um, first of all, I I do things. Um, I don't, uh, my hiring procedure comes from my clients. 
<laughs> I build people who want to do this on their, uh, who want to become fundable, who want to build businesses, but they still are not in the, in a phase where they are true uh, W2 independent. Okay. So, but it's still on the side. They're still building it. They're still committed to that long-term version. So I don't have, most of my team members aren't with me for 10 plus years, right? They're, they're, but, but when I make an announcement that I'm looking to hire, we have, we have fundability advisors, people who actually coach others on how to structure their personal and business uh, credit uh, and financial uh, situations in order to be fundable, to look attractive to lenders, right? So I hire from within my, my customer base because they're passionate about it already for their own point and they become the greatest coaches for others because they've already been through it themselves, and but they're still W2 dependent. And so that, and I have a, I have a lot of those people who are, are, are I don't want to, it's, I don't use it as a, a pejorative term, but they're entrepreneurs, right? They just sure. need, they need to get out of the W2 world and they're going to inch their way through there. Yep. I'm telling you, they become amazing, amazing advisors from, for my team. And then we help build, they continue to age their, uh, what we call a QFE, their qualified fundable entity. We, they age their, all of their credit. They, they do all the right things while they're working with me, two, three, five years or more. And then when they're ready, and some of them have postponed their, 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 their entrepreneurial aspects because they love what they're doing so much. But our goal is to help them realize their dreams and I get to, I win massively when my team members are devoted to their part of the vision. They're not employees. I don't have a single employee, not one. I, I, I have a, a team of a dozen people. Not one of them is an employee, not one. That's, I mean, it's funny. It's funny that you're saying this because it's like, depending on what type of business you're, 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 you're talking about and then, and then taking a look at where we are right now in the world where it's super, super, I've talked to several people just over the last couple of weeks alone, Meryl, that are talking about all these different ways of building a modern team for the modern world where um, I literally just got off of a call um, a, a few hours ago with someone talking about this notion of, notion of having a blended workforce or, or, or this notion <laughs> of having like uh, uh, you have a little bit of full-time, a little bit of outsourced, a little bit of partner-based and, 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 and collectively though, that's your team. That's an, yeah. and, that, and that could be a badass team. That could be a team that kills it for you. It kills it for your business. It kills Absolutely. it for your customer base. We actually have um, we have three we have three relationships for a total of six people who are all part of the team. Okay. So there, it's husbands and wives or, or boyfriends and girlfriends. Um, there are uh, because one finds that what the other one is doing is fascinating. Now we uh, and we were all before COVID hit. We were already fifty percent working from home. Okay. So you'll notice my, my backdrop and everything. I've, we have green screens. We're set up to literally serve our clients by via zoom long before COVID hit. And then right. when COVID hit, we just disengaged our, our original office. And now the entire team is working from home and we pivoted hard and it's been, we're not looking back because the, uh, we hold all of our team meetings, everything is I spend more time now with my Texas team than I 
ever did when they were uh, when they were in town before they moved right right yeah so so the 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 intimacy the degree of uh trust the degree of the ability to clear any issues right or to 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 work out conflict is super simple uh, yeah. when you've got the tools uh that, that we have so it's been a massive we've done uh, we've done we've done uh, covid's done right by us so <laughs> it's it's so funny Meryl. you got um there's so many people that over these last six months their businesses have been blessed by being i guess for lack of a better term we all got pushed ahead whether we liked this or we didn't yep. or we or we wanted or we didn't well we said. got pushed ahead it is what it is um, you hear a lot of people joke or talk about, and they're probably absolutely right talking about how this thing pushed us forward many years, probably faster than it ever should have, but it did. So it did. get used to it. It's, it's what it, we're dealing with. And, and then lastly, you have some of these businesses where they were working remote and doing this type of a thing with zoom and going back and forth with shared docs and having tools on the cloud and all that was already a normal. Yeah. It was a normal situation and those businesses. And then if they were fortunate enough, like it sounds like you guys were fortunate enough to be positioned where there was an uptick in demand, uptick in new potential customers, uptick in people yeah. that need your products and your services, throw your well, gas in the fire, man. It's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And we did, we have been fortunate um, because when you're the gatekeeper to protect people's, protect people's personal and business credit and give people strategies when the economy is closing in or, or everything is downgrading. Uh, there is so many people are being affected by their credit lines are being lowered. Their credit limits are being lowered because they, they didn't know the rules of fundability. And so they 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 just think I'm just being a good little consumer. Um, but we distinguish how to be a professional borrower instead of a consumer. And there right. is a, vast difference and FICO scoring software, lender underwriting software, all measure your borrower behaviors. And so we have been able to, we've been able to fill that void uh, uh, for, for a quick example. I'll just illustrate with my hands, but imagine a target, right? And you're, uh, the target is what lenders are willing to fund yep. anywhere on that target, anywhere on that target. But what we do with fundability optimization is we teach what we call bullseye borrowing, how to strike the exact thing a lender is looking for, the exact funding criteria a lender is looking for. So regardless of the size of the target, we want everybody on the bullseye, right? The exact measurements that they're looking for as a borrower, we want them to, to hit that. Well, interestingly enough, happened in 2008 for me, it happened now, when the lenders make the target smaller, we're still getting funded because we're at the bullseye. Right. And so my clients uh, over the last, uh, over the last three so far this month alone, we're over three and a half million dollars in, in, in our client fundings wow. because they're all bullseye borrowers, right? It doesn't matter. No, our clients are getting credit limit increases, not decreases because lenders only make money when they lend Adrian. And if they don't have if they, if they, if you are not in that bullseye, they can't lend to you when uh, uh, when times are tough. But you're the only borrowers left to lend to if you've done it right. And so they're just they're just shelling out. They're ready money. for it. They're ready. <laughs> exactly. For it. I love it. So, Mary. Okay. So we talked about team. We you talked about tools. You're starting to get into the process, the workflow. How did you 
how did you land at this? How did you, when you were building your business, how did you find and understand this notion of the, uh, of the bullseye? How'd you start to build the processes and how, how did the workflows and all the different grain sure. and the ways of actually getting that bullseye lasered in? How'd you figure this out? How'd it come to you? Well, I'm a boomer, so I kind of did it old school. I built my own database. Okay. I, I, we actually, uh, it wasn't online. Now, here's what's great. It's, it's not on the cloud. It's an island server that only my people have access to, right, through, through direct access. And so, all of a sudden, it became very secure when all these data breaches and everything are going on. <laughs> and we're old school with an island, with an island server and no access um, uh, from the cloud or otherwise. Right. So, so, kind of some of my old school principles um, came into play where I built this thing to to serve the end game. And I learned a long time ago, just like you and your listeners have heard, man, you, 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 you create in the beginning with the end in mind. Right. And so my goal was a million dollars in business lines of credit. If that's the goal, then working backwards, how many banks do they need? If the limit is a hundred thousand dollars in unsecured stated income, I said that right. Stated income, business credit lines, right? Well, that's 10 banks. What do I need to do a build, build a relationship with a bank? And then I just work backwards, work backwards all the way through until I started getting in the optimization technology. Like you got to have a dial in a personal borrower identification uh, uh, ID. You got to have a QFE, a qualified fundable entity, and started built, framing those 100% with the, with the goal in mind. Because it wasn't just forward thing like, oh, this is cool, and, and start end up climbing the wrong tree. It was, yep, yep. what does it take? And I found out in 2008, because I've been doing this a long time, 2008, I learned a lot about how lenders change their lending practices so that now in this one, we are crushing it because awesome. I learned 10 years ago what not to do or what yeah. lenders, what typically lenders do. So I have vast experience and three recessions where we have recession proof this entire process. So the workflow literally started with the result. And then I just asked questions. How do we make this easier? And the last five years have been optimize, 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 right? How do I optimize this process to get the same result faster and easier for clients? I love it. I think that's awesome. I think nothing, um, nothing really beats, um, what experience brings number one, it just doesn't, right? There's what you gain from, 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 from honing your craft or working on your skill set yeah. or working on your product or working on your service again and again and again and again and constantly uh, beating it and battering it into a whole new thing or a better thing or a faster, whatever you want to call it. That's that. That is what it is, man. That's that's one of the the, the biggest parts of of running, building any business. So I, I think that that's awesome. I, I, I you also go ahead, go ahead, Marilyn, Yeah, I have? wanted to say one thing to that that uh, that uh, to create the structure of this, I had to break my break my life, break my week into two parts. And so this is part of the workflow, but it goes back to tools. Okay. Um, it's how I it's how I do my time. My Tuesdays and Thursday. So there's working in the business. And then there's working on the business. Right. And I split my week where I work in the business on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I meet with clients. I coach. I, I train my team. I, I have my uh, my all my meetings and everything like that. My Tuesdays and Thursdays is sacrosanct. And 
Nobody talks to me, including my own team, because I used to spend all my weekends until all of a sudden I realized I'm working seven days a week for yep. four years. Yep. So, so, and I'm at a position <laughs> of the business now that where I could move that in there. So now I, Hey, if I just want to want Netflix for six hours on the weekend, there you go. <laughs> I can now, but the whole, the, what I'd encourage your listeners is that I don't care if working on the business is two hours a week, you set up a calendar, a repeating calendar that you only work on the business. It's no touch, no tell. Even your directors and VPs who work inside of a larger organization, you're working on your organization, not just in it. And yep. I'm telling you, that has been the game changer for me is that I dedicate time for the thousand to ten thousand foot view. Set out what my my quarterly and annual strategies are, and then my team. I I support them three days a week in the business. But man, if I weren't working on it on the business, I I wouldn't be where I am today. Well, if you if you don't if you don't take time to uh, work work on the business, it's 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 similar to that of a, of a professional athlete that doesn't take time. For him or her to go into the gym and to lift their weights and to do some of that other stuff that is absolutely critical to being a world-class yeah. athlete to be an incredible business person you need to do what you're talking about there has to be a clear differentiation and 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 and, and um a breakdown of when and where you're doing doing the work that's on it and doing the work that's in it it's critical the other thing i'm glad that you called this out too you got to be mindful of just um like look if you're not taking time for yourself to actually recharge, reboot, uh, reconnect, uh, yeah. just even, I mean, so many, you hear so many entrepreneurs talk about it, Meryl, some of your best ideas typically come when you're away from your business. Yeah. Some of the best it, ideas that you'll have about either taking care of your customers or building the next product or doing the next service, they should happen when you're sitting on the beach, like having a drink and looking yeah. at the, at the That's water. That's what the iWatch is for. Cause it's literally record. Hey, yeah. Blip, blip, yeah, I got an idea. Blip, 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 <laughs> done. I'm back yeah. to my, I'm back to my, uh, <laughs> my frou-frou drink. I love so. it. Yeah. I love it. I will, Meryl, I'd love to, I'd love to, to jump into the, the fourth and the final pillar. Cause I really wanted to get, you already kind of hit on some of the ideas of how you were iterating on your business, but let's talk about feedback. Um, you're working in a space in a world where you're you're talking to a lot of different entrepreneurs, a lot of different business executives. You are hearing a lot of different things, probably a lot of good, probably a lot of bad. Can you spend a couple of minutes talking with the CX Nation about what the way that you sort of approach collecting feedback, assessing that feedback, and then maybe it's measuring or utilizing that feedback? Spend a couple of minutes talking about what you've learned in your journey along um, along the, the, the pillar of feedback. All right, uh, excellent. Um, one word, vulnerability. No one is going to give you feedback, whether they're a member of your team, that your spouse, your client, your customers, or or your or your joint venture partners, unless you can hear them. And the so we have kind of created strata, created processes inside of our business okay. where the very first thing that where people are trained that that we will listen. There are no yeah, buts, yeah, buts, yeah, buts is not a thing in my right. business or in my right. relationships. I never, I always hear what, and some call it active listening, some call it progressive listening. But the point is, is that if you ask a question and you've trained your partner, your listener, your team members, that you will, that you're only going to defend against something instead of hear them, they will stop completely. So number one, as a principle, that the whole point is to, and 
and, and, and you say, so I, I, yeah, your customer service is a little, uh, is a little shoddy for me. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about that until you've drained their entire, uh, uh, their, their, what, however big their glass of uh, complaint or animosity or angst or whatever's going on for them until you've drained that you can't fill it up with solutions or anything else. So I have to hear. Uh, so I train my team to listen, tell me more. There's no pushback. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Now here's what's fascinating. I also tell my team uh, because it's very difficult to get into this mindset. The the when you come up with a reason, the yeah buts uh, is a principle that I operate my entire uh, business from. To the degree you defend against something is the degree that is likely true. So. If you're defending against something, that means you even need to listen more. If somebody says, if a team member comes to you in conflict and says, you're a, you're a horrible <laughs> advisor, whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm not a horrible advisor and you, and you can't hear them. It's actually evidence that you need to look at how, how you can improve being an advisor because it is true. So in, so these are, these are just the operating philosophies that we do rather than the kind of the structure of your question. But for me, we, we dive deeper. We lean in, we ask more and more questions to empty out their, their, that, that, that complaint so that they feel completely heard. Then we can, then we ask questions about, so would this help? And then we, and then we go through the, the, the feedback cycle is how, what would a great solution look like for you? And we do that peer to peer yep. relationship to relationship client to client what does a, what does the perfect solution look like for you and and then we say you know what i can't necessarily uh, come to your house and give you one on one coaching for 4 hours a day so is there a way that we can meet somewhere in the middle but they human beings yeah screw the whole notion of business and really human beings need to know that they're being heard before they'll do anything. And while I'm certainly not the only one uh, playing that song, I have found that if I, what most people, most of us spend our time looking for the next argument rather than actually leaning in and getting a deeper and more meaningful uh, exploration of what's up for them. Because at some point we may actually find the truth of what's really going on. So tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. What would, it, what would the perfect solution look like for you? And if it's within my, within my realm of delivery, or then we start to uh, collaborate together on, that, uh, on a solution for my vendors, my clients, my team members. I love that. I think that's awesome. I think that's great advice. I think there is a tremendous amount of value that, that any business owner, any business executive or any customer focused business leader can take from that. I think you're spot on about the wanting to be heard part. And then I think the other thing too, a big part of what I've learned in my, in my, my own journey working with all these different businesses is you're learning by, by listening and by telling, tell, ask me more or tell me more, tell me more, tell me by doing those multiple questions deeper, the five, the five W's or whatever you want to call it. Everyone's got their different yeah. things for it. You're, it's just, it makes it seem and it makes it feel 
and it makes it very real that you care and people yeah. customer specifically when you when you say tell me more five different times they might number one they might be a little bit tired by the fifth one but they you're right you've almost exhausted some of the anxiety or the nerves yep. or the frustration or the yep. or the and it's all their own stuff it has nothing to do with your company your product your service Correct. your team it's literally but about that you were the one to listen that's exactly you were right. the one to make a difference in their life and now uh, now uh, i would say if it weren't true it would be called bragging but yeah. i have a spectacular relationship with my clients and my and and in, in my industry uh, i have a spectacular reputation and i have raging raging fans and the only thing i attribute it to is that they know that i care because i get vulnerable first and then i invite them to join me yep 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 i love that i think that's huge man and then the other thing too is this right most of us spend the bulk of our lives working it's great to like work with people that you know care about your stuff if you're <laughs> why golfing, not if you're gonna do it <laughs> at least Merrill cares he wants to listen or he'll listen to it for a couple of minutes but I love that Merrill that's fantastic before we start to wind down today's episode I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to call out any features highlight pitches anything that you want to let the Six Nation sure. know about yourself about giftfundable.com about your business yeah. So we have um, one of my one of my ways that I honestly and genuinely care. Um, it isn't for me. It isn't just a marketing ploy. It's not a value ladder, right? I wanted at my vision for for helping people acquire, especially entrepreneurs and businesses, um, people going for mortgages, auto loans, whatever it is. I wanted people to have the ability to explore everything that I've got. For at every trust level and every price point, so from free all the way to uh, uh, what some would call twenty-five thousand dollars coaching packages and everything in in between. Right? I want everybody to trust that I have their best interest at heart before they move further. And it's not a marketing ploy. It is don't waste your money or my time if we're not in this together. And so for you to be all in, just like I'm all in. So we got our free podcast. That's getfundablepodcast.com. We've got a free, uh, my free book. It's called the new F word, F being fundability, right? The new F word. I, I, it's a free book, just cover shipping and I'll send it to you. That's getfundablebook.com. Then we have a, we have a, 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 an amazing uh, fundability tr uh, training course. It's our bootcamp, getfundablebootcamp.com. Each, each one of those is, an, uh, is so inexpensive uh, all the way to what level of coaching do you want? So getfundable.com will guide you to any of those, but Get Fundable uh, podcast free. Take a look at uh, book.com and get fundable bootcamp. And then, and then we go from there. Uh, by the way, nobody gets to join me in a, like in a solutions coaching client situation until they've been through, uh, to, uh, they, that, that they've done the book and the, uh, uh, the podcast. I mean, excuse me, the book and the bootcamp because you got to know if you're going to walk this path, you need to know what to put in your backpack. You need to know how much water you're carrying. Before we go on this journey together, you need to know what the journey is all about. Right. And, yep. and so I must, they must be ed educated even to a small degree before we start. Otherwise uh, uh, it's not fun for me and it's going to be frustrating for them. And I want to enjoy, like you said, if I'm going to do this all day, every day, I want to enjoy it. 
Hey, not only that, it's fun to it's fun to do uh, to do the hike with the with the guide and with an expert who knows what the hell to put in your bag, right? It's right? a lot more I mean, that's fun. That's the only way I want to do it. <laughs> exactly, I don't want to do this on my own. Yeah. So. No, I love it. I love it. Well, Meryl, look, this was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show, telling your story, sharing all these incredible uh, insights and all this wisdom. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for inviting me. And to the, uh, and to the, the, the CX Nation, uh, Godspeed, God bless. If I can help, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Meryl. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.